Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Thank you, Danny. Um, how many Medea fans do I have in the house? Not very many. I was afraid of that, man. I'm going to preach about peace today, and Taylor says, you got to say, peace, 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 still. Peace is always still, because I got me a piece of steel. That's a Medea, so if you don't know that, you need That's a good one. That's a good one. I don't care what who you are. Oh, that's a whole different thing, isn't it? <laughs> Probably you shouldn't even admit that I watched that. Okay. Um when I was praying about what what am I going to what am I going to preach today? Um, I thank you first of all for the opportunity to let me preach and to let me speak into your life just a little bit. Um, the Lord just my life personally has been a rat race lately, and I think the word that I have today is mostly for me. So <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right up front. I think a lot of us live this life. But I will tell you that it hits me very deeply. So everything that I talk, everything that I say today, please understand it's aimed directly at me as well. So I just want you to know that. Um, but the Lord really spoke peace, peace, peace. Because I got to thinking, when was the last time? And I want you to think for just a second. When was the last time you really felt peaceful? I mean, just peaceful. No worries, no papers due, no homework projects, uh, homework projects, no projects at work, nothing, no big changes coming up, nothing crazy in the family, not fighting with your spouse or your kids. When was the last time you just felt peaceful? If I answer that question honestly, I have to say it's been a while. It's been a while. So... I dug into the word and started looking at peace a little bit. Now, I will tell you, I hope that you will, um, I hope that you don't get too serious on me because I just, um, I'm going to tell on myself a little bit today. So I hope you're all right with that. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. And I love that verse and I've used that a lot. And the peace of God will keep your minds, your hearts and minds. Um, but I don't know if I've really gotten it. So I started beginning to think, what are the things that keep that peace out of my life? You know, if I'm not experiencing it, because I believe that God calls us to a life of peace. Why aren't we experiencing it all the time? What have we let into our lives that causes all this discord or causes all the constant upheaval in our lives. And so the God, God gave me three things, and we're going to look at these things today. The first thing is regret over yesterday's mistakes or fighting yesterday's battles. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I, oh, I love this. Ooh, we're going to have to say this a little differently. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Forget the former things. 
Do not dwell on the past. I love this part. See, I am doing a new thing. Can't you perceive it? Can't you feel it? Can't you feel it bubbling up inside of you? I'm doing a new thing in you, he says. It springs up. I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And I want to say to you today, and I'm saying to me as well, that today God is making a way in the desert and a stream in the wasteland. When it's been dry and when it's been hard to find peace, God's going to make a peaceful stream. I don't know about you, but I love water. Does water just make you just, oh, man. When A few years ago, all those little fountains were in, and I've had about four of them in my house, and... Nobody said you got to keep those up a little. Those get nasty water. That water gets real nasty. It gets nasty, nasty. And I have four of them, and I wasn't very good at keeping them up. And so I would, oh, I think, oh, I just need a little moment of peace. And I'd go sit by the little fountain, plug it in, and it goes, big old hunk of mold or something comes out of it. It was disgusting. I got rid of those pretty darn quick got a fountain out in the backyard I, I would love to have a big old fountain I've been to uh what's patio what's the place that we patio and fireside what's the is that what the name of it we oh my lord if you've never been in there they have the most beautiful peaceful fountains and I'd love to have one but they're pretty darn expensive so I made my own it's a poor man's version of a fountain it's pathetic. It's pathetic, and you can, sometimes you just got to hold the little thing, right? Oh, I'm going to just sit back on the little lawn chair and hold the little thing so it'll make just the right sound for a little bit of peace. <laughs> just a little bit of peace. But to th this verse says he's making streams in the desert, streams in the wasteland and away in the desert. I can just picture myself sitting by the streams, a little babbling brook going over over the little rocks, peaceful, peaceful, a place of peace for us. No matter what your past looks like, it's over, and it's finished, and it's done. And that is the good news today. I'm telling you, here's the thing. You may struggle with regrets that you have about your past. I know people who still, for years later, struggle with regrets that they have, whether things they didn't do or things they did do or things whatever. But God has forgiven that, and we have to learn to forgive ourselves. Regret, it's over, it's done. And even more so, I know people that struggle with hurts and pains from their past. A little harder to forgive, a little harder to get over. I know people that are waiting for an apology that's never going to come. For them to be healed and whole and for them to be peaceful. I'm saying to you today that we got to go on. We got to go on and live a life of peace. You've got to forgive. The Lord said very clearly to me to tell you your past is not your potential. No matter what you've been in the past, it is not your potential. No matter who's hurt you in the past, no matter what kind of life you, you had growing up, no matter what in your life, your past is not your potential. So how are we going to overcome the past? Number one, you've got to let yourself off the hook. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this is the hardest thing for me. There are things in my life, there are situations, I can take you back to words that I said out of my mouth that still to this day haunt me. Am I the only one like that? Some crazy things. And it wasn't, and I just think, oh, Lord, I hate that. I hate that. But God has, I've repented of that, and God's forgiven me of that. 
and we have to let ourselves off the hook and go on. It wasn't the smartest thing. It wasn't the kindest thing. It wasn't very godlike. But I've repented to that person. I've repented to God, and I've got to go on. We've got to let ourselves off the hook. We've got to let other people off the hook, and this is the hardest part. Here's the thing about forgiveness. Some people don't want to forgive because they think it means the wrong didn't happen. They think it means, hey, we're just going to forget about it and go on. And I'm just telling you today that forgiving is not necessarily forgetting. It doesn't mean that if you have been hurt, you can forgive that person still having the knowledge and keeping that knowledge and that wisdom that you learned from that situation. It's forgiving and allowing yourself to separate from that situation and separate from that person and go on. You've got to let other people off the hook. And let me tell you why. Because instead of saying, I've ignored this, it's saying there was a wrong. And now I am willing to forgive. It's saying, I am choosing today to go from victim, whatever you did to me, however you hurt me, to victor. <laughs> That's what I'm going to walk in today. I'm choosing to take this victim mentality off, to take this victim role off, and to walk in victory today. No matter how much it hurts, no matter what somebody did, it's your decision how you go on. It's your decision how you go on. It's your life. When you stand at the end of your life and you go, and you look back over and you just say, oh, it was so disappointing. If only I hadn't been hurt when I was 14. You might have been hurt when you were 14. But at 15 and 16 and 18 and 35 and 54, you were the one that decided to stay there. Forgiveness allows you to go from victim to victor. And forgiveness is the only road to freedom. You will never be free. You will never be totally free. You will never experience the peace of God until you let go of that, until you untie that bond. That bond. Because when you have been hurt by somebody and you hang on to that and you hang on to it in unforgiveness, it binds you together. And you'll never be free of that unless you forgive. Release them, whether they deserve it or not, whether they ever apologize or not. I'm going to tell you, there are some terrible people in the world. I, as a counselor, I've heard lots of terrible stories. It would break your heart. It would break your heart. There's some bad people out there. But we can't sit around waiting for them to apologize because chances are they're not ever going to do it. But for you, forgiveness will allow for you to have freedom. <laughs> We're to forget the past in the sense that we don't allow our past failures and hurts and disappointments to keep us from experiencing God's best for us today. I tell you, I um, worked, with the, worked with the little girl last year, and uh, her parents got divorced when she was three years old, and she was now 14. And for 11 years, they've been fighting for custody over this little girl. For 11 years. For 11 years. I went to court and had to testify. For 11 years. And I looked at those parents and I thought, neither one are ever willing. They're never going to let go. Not only have they destroyed their lives in all these past 11 years, they've not moved forward from 11 years ago, 
but they've also severely damaged that young lady's life. I would just urge us today to look at our hearts and think about who we need to forgive today. Do you just need to forgive yourself? Or do you need to give, forgive some other people so that you can go on with your life? The next one is anxiety about tomorrow. And this one is the big one. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, this is the big one. Anxiety. Hang on. I'm going to tell you a little story about myself. <laughs> I hate this as it goes on the internet. <laughs> and you're going to know why in just a second. Uh, anxiety. Now, I want to tell you that I am not the queen of anxiety, but my mama is. <laughs> my mama is, and I um, have an offspring that is the princess. Hey. And I'm stuck right there in the middle some. I'm not saying I don't have some anxiety. I do. I do worry about things, but I, I don't think I'm as bad as my mom or my daughter. Anyway, I, you have those crazy moments sometimes, don't you? <laughs> I just can't believe I'm fixing to tell this. You're going to think I'm stupid, and it's okay. Um, one night, my husband and I were, sit, were, we were in bed. Actually, the whole family was in bed, and this has been several years ago. We had kind of a little small house, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, we hear this, like that. I mean, it didn't stop. It just kept going like that. And I'm like, Is that, was that pretty accurate, Mike? A little higher pitch, maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay, but, but that was pretty close. And it didn't stop at all. And I woke up, and it, I mean, it scared me. I thought, what in the world is going on? I mean, we had an alarm system, but it wasn't that. And, and my, my girls were all in bed. And first, of course, I run and go check on the girls, make sure they're okay. And Mike gets up, and he says, I'm going to check outside. Now, Mike gets up. He's in his underwear and his cowboy boots and his gun. Oh, no. So Mike's going to go check on it because whatever it is, he can take care of it with his gun and his cowboy boots. Your cowboy boots and your gun. So he goes out, outside, and I'm just waiting. And, and all the time I'm hearing it. I mean, it's still going on. I, I stopped it. But trust me that this is still going on. And it's, and it's loud. And it'll get really loud. And then it'll kind of get a little softer. But it's pretty darn loud. And I can't even believe the girls aren't waking up. So Mike comes back in after a little while. What seemed like a long time. The man is slow. But he comes back in. And he's standing there with his cowboy boots and his underwear and his gun. And he's a beast of steel. He says, it's like it's coming from everywhere. <laughs> and he, I was like, this is freaking me out. I said, oh, I pr oh, I'm so sorry that I'm admitting this. I said to him in all seriousness, I want you to understand that I was very serious when I said this to him. I looked at him and I said, do you think it's aliens? I'm not even joking. I was ready to pack up my kids, get them in the car. Let's go somewhere where I don't know where you hide from aliens. I thought the aliens were coming to get us, baby. I'm telling you, I was so scared and so worried that it was aliens coming into my house in the middle of the night. 
Good Lord, I'm sorry I admitted that. Turns out the turbine on top of the house was just barely, barely, barely. It wasn't squeaking. It was just making this crazy little sound. It's very musical, little turbine. And so he ended up, he ended up, I uh, said, I need something to tie it off. Now, our, tur our you know, our attic is up on, you have to crawl up in, you know. He's like, I need something. And we're trying to wait, kids. I need something to tie it off. Can you find me something? To well, I don't know if you can find string in your house, but I can't. So um, <laughs> couldn't find any string. And he said, well, just get something. So I went and got an old shoestring out of an old shoe. I threw it up to him, and I heard it stop, and I went back to bed and was just laying in bed. And about 10 minutes later, Mike comes back, <laughs> cuddles all up next to me. He says, those aliens weren't so tough after all. I captured them. It's a shoestring. <laughs> and we laughed so hard. I'm telling you, that bed was just shaking. And then we had stopped laughing, and it just started shaking again. I mean, it was one of those nights we, for 45 minutes we laughed. We'd stop, and then we'd laugh again. We'd laugh again. The aliens were coming after us. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But some of the things that we worry about are the same way. Some of the things, you know, I think, they, I think the saying is like 70% of the things that you worry about don't really ever happen. Thank God the aliens didn't come get us. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? Some of the things that you worry about are just as silly. Some of the things you worry about are just as silly. And the, and the Lord says to cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for us. There's a story about a guy named Grimaldi. Oh, dead gummit. I ruined that whole story. I'm done. Forget that one. <laughs> I can't tell you that because um, well, I'll try to do better second service. <laughs> Lord, I just got in a, on a roll. Okay. <laughs> that was going to be so good, too. That's right. It's good, but th just forget that, forget that name because you're supposed to say that at the end. It's supposed to all really work. So anyway, <laughs> experts tell us that if, there, if we walk out here and there's, there's a fog for seven and a half city blocks and it's 100, mi um, 100 miles, 100 feet up, Experts tell us that that's actually less than one cup of water. That's amazing, isn't it? It can do all that damage. It can block all that vision with such a small amount. You know where I'm going with this. That's exactly how worry does to us. Man, worry wraps up our minds. And where all we can see is these little things... And it blocks everything. I have a very, very good friend, and uh, she did have a, she has a very, I mean, it was a, it was a tragic, tragic, that sounds terrible, but it was a really bad situation. Her, her daughter was abused, actually, in a church nursery. That, that, that sounds terrible. But, um, and she um, began to worry and began to get very fearful. I mean, I mean, she was calling me very regularly and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to report this, but what if I report it to DHS? You know, you know they're going to look at the home first, and they're going to think that I abuse my children. And, I mean, she had, she had built this entire scenario up in her mind of what was going to happen. And she lives several states away, and my mom and I got in her car and said, we got to go. I, I need you to go with my mom if you'll go. And, and we went out there, and I'm going to tell you, we opened the door to that house and walked in, and the fear would just hit you in the face. I mean, it was, you could cut it with a knife. 
There was so much fear in the place. And when we begin to just speak directly to the fear and come against the worry and come against the anxiety and come against that in the name of Jesus, a, a spirit of freedom came into that household. And I want you to know that situation turned around right there. But she had gotten herself into a place where she couldn't see past right here. All she could see is, if I do this, then this is going to happen. I mean, she had, the most, she had the most terrible thoughts of what might happen. They'll take my children away. I'm going to end up in jail. And none of that was going to happen. But the worry had completely paralyzed her. I'm going to tell you that worry can cause us a lot of trouble. It can cause us a lot of problems emotionally, but also physically. <laughs> Worry can cause headaches, gastrointestinal issues. I'm not even going to go into what all that is. <laughs> Insomnia, sexual dysfunction, muscle tension, skin breakouts, lower immunity to diseases, heart problems, high blood pressure, not to mention all the emotional and the cognitive issues like no focus or lack of concentration. Depression, insecurity, irritability, anger, burnout, or the behavioral problems like eating disorders, drug and alcohol abuse, social withdrawal, relationship problems, all because of anxiety and worry. It keeps us from having peace. I had a student in my office just the other, just this um, past couple of weeks, and I was talking to him, and he, and I just said. Um, What did I say? Hmm. We'll come back to that. I don't know where my, there's my lack of concentration on the peace thing, remember? Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, what we try to do in the church is we try to spiff up the, the term worry. We don't say a lot about worry. You know, we don't say, I'm really worried. Really worried about Amy. Really worried about Tari. Really worried about, we'll say, I'm real concerned about it. Concerned is the same thing. It's worry. And you know at the real heart of it, and we don't like to hear this and we don't like to say it very much, but at the real heart of things, it really is just a lack of faith in God's plan for us. I mean, that's really what it is. When we get worried, when we get concerned, when we get upset, when we have anxiety, it's really just a lack of faith in his plan for us. <laughs> God has a plan for you, but I'm going to tell you something that Satan has a plan for you too. And that's what I told that young man sitting in my office. I said, I'm going to tell you something. This is what you forget, that as much as God has a plan for you, Satan has a plan for you too. And he wants you to believe that you're nothing. And he wants you to be anxious about this. And he wants you to worry about this. And he wants to put that in your life. So we've got to understand how to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Worry makes mountains out of molehills. <laughs> we get all worked up, get all geared up to climb a mountain that we aren't going to climb. And we're standing there all geared out in our mountain gear, and there's the molehill in front of us. <laughs> Looks a little silly, doesn't it? Worry can steal your peace. The third thing is ingratitude for today. Love this story. His mom had a little Down syndrome boy. He was about six years old, and 
it was the first day of school, and she hadn't, didn't want to send him to school. She hadn't sent him to school yet. She was afraid the other kids would make fun of him, and, and so she didn't send him to school, and she finally was able to let go and let him go to school. And uh, got to school that day, and they were gearing up for a play. And he thought all the different parts he wanted to play. I want to play the, I want to be that person in the play, or I want to be that person in the play, and I want to be that person in the play. And all the different things that he wanted to be. And that day when he comes out and he gets in his mom's car and he says, Mom, 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 I get to be in the play. And she was so glad to hear that. She was so excited about that. And she said, Honey, what role did you get to play? Do you get to play the main person? Oh, no, 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 no. That went to Colin. Well, then are you one of the dancers? No, I didn't get one of the dancers. Do you get to help backstage? No. And she finally said, well, what part do you get to play? And he said, I'm the clapper. <laughs> I'm like, how awesome is that? That he was so grateful just for being a part. I get to clap. In other words, he got to be in the audience with the rest of them. Sometimes we take what God gives us for granted and are just not grateful enough. We've got to learn that we've got to be grateful for what we've reached. Have any of you just looked in the rearview mirror and gone, wow, baby, we've come a long way. Not in pride. I'm not talking about that. But just saying, God, me and you have come a long way from back there. We've got to be grateful for that. That ought to be something that, that often that you're standing, that you, that you say, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you brought me out of that, and thank you brought me to this. I'm going to tell you, there was a time in my life, and I think maybe I shared this last time I spoke, but I'll tell you, I, um, I didn't even realize this was happening to me. Um, I, I just lost my joy. And I didn't, I didn't really get it. I didn't really know what was happening. People started walking up to me and saying things like, you know, you've kind of lost your sparkle. I'm a little worried about you. I'm a little concerned for you because you don't smile very much anymore or you don't have that little sparkle in your eye like you used to or you aren't near as fun <laughs> if they were really honest. And I didn't get it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand. When sometimes that's, I'm going to tell you that's sometimes how depression works. It doesn't just hit you and all of a sudden you wake up and go, oh, I'm depressed. People start telling you or they start telling you. And um, sought some good godly counseling and people that prayed with me. And I'm going to tell you one night I went to bed in that condition now listen to me. One night I went to bed in that condition. And the next morning I woke up with praise on my lips for my God. I'm going to tell you, I went to bed with that numb feeling of just another day. Here we go again. Just that same old, that not no sparkle. And I woke up the next morning. I'm, I'm telling you, I've not ever experienced anything like it. I woke up singing songs of praise to God. And he healed me immediately. Immediately. Every day I need to wake up and go, God, I know I'm a little sore and I don't really want to get out of bed and I really like it here in my warm bed. But... Thank you, God, that you brought me from that. Thank you, God. We've come a long ways from there. 
you got to be grateful for what you've escaped. <laughs> oh, man, how many of you can say, you know a time when God just brought you out of something? I'm telling you, there are times when, as a teenager, when I was not a very good driver, and I know God was with me. I know God was with me. I'm telling you, I did a... And didn't even, and there were really, really mm, deep, what's that word? Deep banks, steep, real banks on, on the other side. I was in uh, west of Missouri, is where I grew up. Spun, spun, spun around. We were going about, um, I'm not even going to tell you because I have children in here, but we were going very fast. Went off the side like that, ended up sideways in the road, just like that. Car wouldn't start. Car wouldn't start. Car wouldn't start. On a busy highway, on a Friday night, and that's where everybody was going, same place I was. But I'm telling you, it was a miracle that there was not a single car in sight until we were able to get that thing started. Don't you know we turned that car around? <laughs> we didn't go where we were going to go. <laughs> Thank you, God. What you've escaped. What you've escaped. Taylor and I had a very similar situation where she was, a, she was a little bitty and she was in her car seat. That was back before they knew to tell you that car seats should be in the back. So I was, her car seat was in the front and she was about, oh, probably 18 months old. And we were going to see my parents had a little bitty tiny Chevrolet Nova. We were driving um, from Kingfisher to uh, Apache. So we were right on the north side of El Reno. And we were just driving along, and she was babbling or something. They're so cute at that age. They're cute at this age, too, but they're cute at that age. And she's babbling and babbling. I glanced over, and when I glanced back up, there was a truck stopped in the road. On a 60-mile-an-hour highway, there's a truck stopped. I'm not saying slow down. I'm saying stopped in the middle of the road. And I hit the brake, and I, we did a, one of these, and we went into the opposite lane and we drove backwards for like a long ways and then into the opposite ditch and nose down I stepped out and the mud was about to hear on my but we were completely safe you know it's we need to talk about those times that God brought us out of that that God allowed us to escape those things we've got to talk about it there was a there was a sweet little African-American lady, and she took care of a little boy. And she's, uh, the little boy would watch her every day at the table as they sat down to eat. And she would say, much obliged, Lord, much obliged for the food today. And he asked her, why do you always say that? Why do you always, you know, you're going to have food whether you say that or not. And she said, it just tastes a little better after I said thank you. After I thanked God for it, much obliged, Lord, for the food. Several years went by, and the, the little old lady was, she was uh, dying in the hospital, and the and the boy who had grown up went to see her, and and he thought, you know, I wonder in this state, in this condition, will she still have something to thank God for? She was laying there with her eyes closed, and just as he had thought that, her eyes opened. And she said, much obliged, Lord, for all these fine friends that you put in my life. 
what kind of life do we lead? Do we leave a, lead a life where we're constantly going around saying, much obliged, Lord. Much obliged, Lord, for that in my life. Much obliged, Lord. Or do we live a life where we just complain a lot? Oh, Lord, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, and I need. And that's our society, isn't it? They always are telling you what else you need. You know, I want, I, I want, I want a big old screen TV. I don't need that. I don't need that. And I should in no way complain because I don't have that. Because God has given me so many things and so many blessings in my life. Peace. If we were to take those two verses that I read to you at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the sermon, and we were to study out all the Greek meanings of it all. I've got a, I've, I've got, I want to read you more what it would be like. I have a great book, by the way, and I, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to say this. If you've never read the book, or it's a devotional book called Gems from the Greek. Has anybody seen that? Rick Renner wrote it. Oh, my Lord, it's wonderful. It'll open your eyes. It'll open your eyes on um, scriptures. But that scripture that I told you, here's what it would be more like if, we, if it was very, very accurate with the Greek. And the peace of God, a peace so wonderful that it cannot be compared to any other type of peace, a peace that stands in a category by itself and rises far above and goes beyond anything the human mind could ever think, reason, imagine, or produce by itself, will stand at the entrance of your heart and mind. Listen to this. Like a guard to control, monitor, and screen everything that tries to access your mind, heart, and emotions. That's the kind of peace of God that I want that will stand at the entrance of my heart and my mind, working like a guard to control, monitor, and screen everything that tries to access my mind, heart, and emotions. The good news that I bring to you today is that you can refuse to allow the devil access into your heart and your mind. He doesn't have to steal your peace. He doesn't have to steal my peace. When the world comes in and when things get hectic and when things get crazy, and we do, we all get busy. We don't have to let him steal those things. We can say, God, I need your peace. Peace that we can't understand. Peace that goes way above and beyond any comprehension that we could ever have. That's the peace that I need. It's the peace that I saw yesterday when my dear friend lost her dad. And we went to her funeral, went to his funeral. And he was a godly man. And the family was peaceful. Losing dad, losing a husband. And the patriarch in the family, yet the family had peace. It was God's peace. I need more of God's peace. I don't know about you. I need more of God's peace. I need more of God's peace every day. I need it every day. I don't want the worry anymore. I don't want the stress. I don't want I, I, I don't I don't want worry about that. I want to be live a grateful life and have the peace of God. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah.
I would say that you've tried it your way. I would say that I've tried it my way, the stress way, the worry way. The, and I'm ready to give peace a chance. I'm ready to give peace a chance in my life. I hope you're ready to give peace a chance. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just love you today. God, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you, God, that, Lord, that you are willing to come and bring peace into our hearts and peace into our lives. Not, Lord, not just this little piddly peace like, like the world can give us, Lord, but this is a peace that only you understand and we can't even fathom. God, the peace that goes so far beyond our understanding. We need that peace in our lives. Lord, take us away from the hustle and the bustle. Take us away from the worry and the strife, Lord God. Take us away from the things of the past that would, that would keep us from living peaceful lives, God. Just bring us into a time of peace with you. privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.